Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben from the Lean Blog. This is episode number 27 of the Lean Blog Podcast for June 18th, 2007. Today's discussion is part two of a conversation I started with Jim Barron of the firm Value Stream Leadership. This was recorded about six months ago. If you want to hear part one of the discussion, you can find that and other earlier episodes at the website leanpodcast.org. Jim is a very respected and very specialized recruiter um, working with companies trying to find lean manufacturing talent uh, for roles and leadership roles within their organization. If you'd like to reach Jim, you can contact him and his firm at their website, www.valuestreamleadership.com. I mean, how, how do you how do you filter through or, or thinking? You know, I've, I've talked to people who are, um, you know, thinking about moving on, where you know they've, for one reason or another, uh, gotten frustrated with their their company's approach to lean. They're you know they're very squarely in the middle of the organization. They feel like they've done all they can. They 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 feel like they're ready to move on. Um, I mean, how do you filter through trying to figure out you know who hasn't been effective because of. Um, either their approach or, or maybe, you know, a, a lack of deep lean understanding versus people who have stalled out um, because of something that might be rightfully pinned on, uh, you know, um, decisions or leadership strategies that they're not yet at a level to, to impact. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm always looking for, for energy and ideas that are, are not mainstream. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I call a lot of what I would say, um, you know what's in demand? What 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 isn't in demand? You mm-hmm. know how can people? And, and I think a lot of it is, is has to do with just presentation. A lot of people haven't really kind of thought about a lot of things that they've done and haven't documented. And and, and I, I always encourage people to kind of keep a, a run and journal of, of some mm-hmm. of the significant uh, milestones that they've achieved. But you know a lot of the you know uh, when you, you look at you know reaching out from your current role or whatever I call, you know, user-defined. I mean, mm-hmm. we look at folks that have basically created opportunities to move lean through, and, and in most cases, non-traditional, non-mainstream areas. And, you know, and that includes those people that have identified, you know, however um, large or small, I mean, revenue growth mm-hmm. opportunity where there wasn't that before. To me, you know, that that just... It signals distinctiveness, and 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 I and I listen to that a lot, and and that's what you know. Clients are coming to us to, to identify folks that are just not. Um, I mean, they they may be great trainers, they may be um, you know good functional leaders, but you know there's there's something missing there. I mean, yeah. they're they're they've been in the journey for two to three years. They want to see, you know, how do we push to the next level, and how do we get to the next level? You know, again, let's say you know, and I I think there's been a Know, a big overplay on lean product development and lean accounting. And I think that's certainly, uh, you know, an area where, you know, it's getting, I mean, some attention now. And I think, right. you know, for the next five years, it'll get a lot more. But, you know, those are really solid growth areas. But unless you're a design engineer or accountant, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. some of our, our books not going to get you into the thick of what's happening in those areas. Right. Right. You know, I think the knowledge forward of, of understanding, you know, the systems integration of, of lean product development into manufacturing and, and, and you know, and beyond, I mean, I think it's key. You know, speed yeah. to market now in, in some industries is, you know, it's survival. Um, so I think, you know, knowledge in that area, but I think if you just say, okay, I've been a lean manufacturing guy and I want to be a lean product development guy, I, you know, you're going <laughs> right. to, you know, you're not going to make the 
make the bus. Yeah. Now, um, it, it, oh, go ahead. No, I was also, you know, the other thing is, and I think I mentioned real briefly, was you know on the transactional side because, you know, that's where I'm seeing just significant growth, and I, I could take a, I could take a transactional lean person and 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 find them an opportunity rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I've got people that are clients that you know have, you know, whether that be in a service organization, but I also have manufacturing companies that are looking to you know, take a more system, systemic approach uh, to their operating system, and, and, and it's expanding beyond just, you know, production. So it's not production lean. And so, we're you know, we're talking about implementing lean where, where paper, not parts, are, are, are moving. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps it's not as sexy as manufacturing and, and mm-hmm. fun, but, you know, transactional office lean, I consider to be more, is becoming more art and less trial and error, and, and really the demand is, is essentially increasing. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I found that the folks that we've taken out of manufacturing and placed them in the service industry, you know, basically can tell you that you know the waste in the service sector, and I know you can probably echo this, Mark, is uh-huh. just yeah. much more difficult to see. And and but you know even more key to that is that the resistance to change is 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 more passive, and it's it's under the radar a lot. Yeah. I mean, you can get somebody nodding their head and. Uh, you know, I've got some, some some favorite stories in regards to um, some of the things that some of the manufacturing folks that went over in the service sector you know, have said about some of the passive resistance there that is just mm-hmm. driving them nuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it's it's just another element and expansion of uh, again the people side of lean and, and the cultural leadership is to. Yeah. to to gain that experience. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, just from my perspective, you know, I, I jumped from manufacturing to healthcare about a year and a half ago. And, um, there, there's a couple different things that jumped to mind. I mean, for one, we talk about lean being about people that that's absolutely universal. And you talk about, um, uh, kind of the interactions between employees and their supervisors. Um, I know at least in the healthcare setting, very, very familiar to the manufacturing world. Um, you know, people complaining about not being listened to. Managers don't know, you know, what they're struggling with day to day. Um, you know, I can make the pitch, at least, you know, somebody interesting in going from manufacturing to healthcare, um, that the, the, the people issues and, and how to lead and, and interact and, and facilitate, um, I, I would expect apply, um, you know, to any different type of service industry, whether it's healthcare or, you know, another industry. Sure. But, you know, again, I mean, it, it, I think the, the skills, the tools are, are, are essential and the knowledge of that. And there's there's just a, a broad area for growth and, and every, um, every every application of every tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even in some cases, there may be, um, you know, a new development to, to combine tools and create a new tool. I mean, it's certainly not off limits as well. But, yeah. you know, as uh, but the, you know, leadership and, you know, they're just so many folks that I've talked to that are just perfunctory, um, you know, focused on, and it's more, again, you know, it's in some cases, and, and, and certainly this isn't applied broadly, but mm-hmm. it's almost us against them. <laughs> and it's like, you kind of get that sense when you talk to folks and, you know, I can kind of go on for hours about the, and, and maybe we can highlight some of the areas of, uh, you know, what, what the areas of dissatisfaction are of, of people and, and companies and why people come to us in the first place, uh, or at least a candidate does. But, 
You know, I think one other, just to, to kind of get back, and, and I'm thinking out loud here, and we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, how people maybe can look at opportunities a little bit differently, but, you know, more so than when we first started in 95, I mean, we were working for, you know, some big companies, and they were, you know, hiring like crazy, and, uh, you know, we were we were part of that uh, food chain for, for a long time, but, you know, I would say in the last couple of years, I mean, the smaller companies are really the ones that are stepping up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got to fly out to, uh, Rhode Island, uh, next week, you know, new client. And I got to tell you, I mean, this is a, a $50 million business and yeah. I'm talking to, I'm talking cool. to the chairman and I'm meeting with the, the chairman and the president and both of these guys are table pounding, <laughs> just animate, passionate. Why didn't we do this before? Right. And, uh, you know, help us find the, the right person. So again, I mean, we'll go out there. We'll, uh, we'll kind of look at, you know, their, um, operation and, and kind of line up with the expectations and uh, we'll go out and find some people. But you know, really the message here is that there's a lot of talented lean folks that maybe should really kind of look at, you know, the lean journeys that are fresh and, and that are at smaller companies. You know, yeah. the, the positive of that is you can kind of escape that bureaucracy, you know, enjoy more responsibility. Uh, you can really hone that promotion of ideas in real time versus, you know, you know, eight weeks from now or, you know, seven months from now and, and really, and really have some fun with it and hone your yeah. skills wall to wall versus just in a, in a, in a, in a small yeah. functional area. But, you know, it's, you know, for those people that are just kind of tired of trying to hug an elephant, you know, this, <laughs> this is a great way to just yeah. find a tiger because we're finding more and more smaller businesses are, um, really embracing it. Mm-hmm. And, and before it was just, you know, it was, it was something that a lot of companies, bigger companies threw a lot of money at and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of talent there that's, you know, what I call underutilized. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, there's been a preponderance of the, the case studies and things posted on the Lean blog. Uh, almost everything I run across in the news, um, you know, via Google searches and things are about the small family, you know, privately owned companies more so than it is the, the big, um, you know, big, large global corporations. So it sounds like there are a lot of good opportunities if, if people have gotten frustrated, um, or, you know, at, at their wits end with the large environment to, to go to a place where they can have more of an impact and, um, and contribute. And, and it's not like it maybe summarize, um, what I heard you say and, and tell me if I got this right. And you know, we talk about how can people stand out or, you know, if they've stalled out in the organization. It sounds like the one thing you're looking for is some spark of having tried something creative when it, whatever your sphere of influence was, whether it was a department or a plant or a division, you know, that as long as you've, had some spark of not just making excuses and giving in. Well, here's why I can't accomplish things. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that's very fair to say. And again, that it's and I think it's probably there in, in a lot of cases. And I, I think maybe it's uh, uh, it's been either underutilized or it's not been respected, appreciated, supported. Um, you know, but it's there in a lot of cases, but I, where I really find the gap and, and I only have a certain amount of time and I certainly can't, um, pry too much information out of people because, you know, I kind of hold back a little bit because I expect them. I mean, I, I look at a, a very solid transformation leader, lean savvy to be a, a great promoter. Mm-hmm. And if you, if I'm talking to you on a phone and, you know, it's 45 minutes has passed and it's more same old, same old and you're not yeah. really selling, selling me on you, 
Yeah. And I don't know how are you going to sell the lean idea. So I'm paying attention <laughs> to that point. as well. But mm-hmm. now really, I think when I take a look at, um, and I, I kind of break out lean and, and no transformation leadership, really, I think it's, it's kind of one third, you know, skill and tools and it's, um, one third planning and execution, but it's, it's also one third uh, promotion and selling. Yeah. So it's, that's leadership. I mean, selling yeah. ideas and uh, backing that those ideas up with with some some hardcore examples and experimentation and, and trying things differently. So yeah, I mean, you know, so that's a fair point to say is that we look for those little nuances where somebody's really tried to push the envelope, mm-hmm. and you know, failure is okay here. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it all, <laughs> you know. But yeah. you got to try, and you got. Yeah. But what I also so, find that people, you know, and I think the best advice I could give to somebody that's actively you know, and maybe contemplating the career change is, is really to kind of go back and uh, look at their career in, 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 in some space, you know, as far as documentation of, of the different things that have happened, um, you know, in, in, in the career. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, looking at um, all the, the resistance encountered, um, you know, taking a look at the different applications, how long, what time, and really providing a, a kind of a, a, a very solid brushstroke on wh- what's taken place, what initiatives have been acted on, what haven't, what have you tried, what's failed. I mean, I, I, you know, failure to me is, is you, you tried. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, lessons learned is what this is all about. So I'm, I'm really trying to learn that where I think people are trying to promote, okay, either I tried this and it didn't work. Well, okay, then countermeasure. What, what, how did you approach that, you know, failure? And uh, maybe it was a timing issue. Um, maybe it was a readiness issue. I mean, it could be a lot of different issues. But I, I want to think a little deeper than that because, you know, I think it's, it's my job to kind of bring out that uh, level of distinction there and really, you know, present to them, you know, this is somebody that, you know, you're going to invest a lot of money in, Mr. Client. And, mm-hmm. you know, these are the things that you could probably expect. And these are the things that have been done and tried and, and, um, you know, these are the games, and, and, but these are also the things that didn't work, and, and these are the why that the things didn't work. And right. it could be a lot of different reasons, but, you know, if, if I've always counseled people as to basically, you know, I think the question of uh, what was on, you know, resumes and how people can, can kind of approach the market maybe a little bit more methodically is to really look at developing a, you know, instead of a cover letter, use, create a bio. Mm-hmm. And really in that bio, you know, kind of identify lean knowledge lineage, identify, you know, the opportunities that you've, uh, you know, breakthrough. I mean, what have you yeah. done that, you know, what have you, either that you've trampled on legacy or you're out there, you're creating fresh tracks <laughs> right. in the sand. I mean, you know, mm, give us something point. that we can, we can move on and we can yeah. act on and we can expand on. And, and then it's always like, okay, here's your development path. Um, you know, Many people say, well, I'm looking for a director role or I'm looking for, you know, again, it's that job title level. I mean, what is it in your background in, in the grand scheme of lean, let's say, for the next 30 years? I mean, what do you need to gain to keep abreast of of what I consider to be an active, passionate, uh, you mm-hmm. know, lean professional? Yeah. And uh, so some, a lot of interesting things there. Yeah. So here, here's my attempt at um, trying to summarize what some of we've heard today, kind of take the old cliché. And, and kind of twist it a little bit. So it sounds like a couple of things that are important are what you know, or they say it's not what you know, but who you learned it from and how you sell it 
to other people. Might be a good way of summarizing some of your points, or would you add to that? And, and how you engage. And how you engage people. What's your method of engagement? Versus, you know, is, this, is my engagement based on legacy, or am I going to create a new new path? And what have I tried? I mean, and there's a risk in that as well, because I think if you take a look at, um, at least my, my lessons learned from some of the folks that, that have made some significant career progress and, and and driving leaner at, you know, senior executive levels, you know, basically, you know, also look back and say, you know, I, it's interesting because, you know, people that come in here think that they have to, to actually redo things um, to, to, to gain some credibility and, and, you know, put their name on a brand on what they've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've already invested three years of getting to this point. We want you to go from this point forward and not just look at some of the maybe things that are broken or need some attention, but you know it's it's again, I, you know that comes from some some folks that look at okay, this let's look at the lean journey in its total aspect, and let let's look at it from okay, this has been done, lessons learned. Hopefully, we're creating a, a lean community within the company, a knowledge based organization, and everybody's learning. And I think mm-hmm. you know things are there. You know, w- what are things that maybe we could do differently? And, you know, move the needle forward as opposed to maybe just uh, pointing a finger at something that didn't work in the past and fixing that. You know, there, there's probably different priorities because, you know, business changes, business needs change, and people change. So, you know, it's a pretty dynamic there. Yeah. Okay. Now, we, we, we've talked mostly about um, from the perspective of the job seeker. Um, to turn things around a little bit, I mean, what, what kind of comments would you have for companies that are looking to retain their lean people that they've already invested in and built up through their organization? Yeah, you know, and 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 again, my my point of reference is, is a lot of times from the, the the folks that are that are very talented that are discreetly looking to to make a change based on you know what I consider to be, and I I can kind of categorize those into really four major groups. And then I can kind of explain a little bit about the retention issue. But, mm-hmm. you know, really, the, the people that are coming to me that are actively engaged, well-paid, uh, things are okay. But it really, they're starting to see a, a lack of a vision and, and, and maybe commitment, you know, by senior management. Maybe it was at one point and one point in time very strong. But, you know, lean puts pressure on business and it puts pressure on people. And, you know, whereas, you know, the concentration before was let's drive lean, uh, get a few quick wins, some low-hanging fruit. They're on to bigger and better things now. Acquisitions, yeah. maybe the the company suffering and, and whatever. But again, um, you know, people are kind of sensing while well, that vision is kind of waned. That commitment certainly is, uh, or the vision's cloudy. The commitment's kind of waned. So, hmm. you know, they're they're kind of saying, I, I'm not I'm not feeling comfortable here anymore. So maybe it's you know kind of a lack of communication there. And if that's the case. Then you know I, I would encourage somebody to kind of you know look at you know probably looking at a different opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the lack of resources to get the job done. You know I, I've talked to so many people. It's one guy, 100 plants, change mm. the world. <laughs> and and um, you know it's it's the expectation too. And that's when when I we visit a client. So every client we take on, I, we personally visit. We talk to the senior leadership team. We get a really good idea. And again, I mean, that's why I come back and, you know, then I say, you know, I don't think so. Um, so, so tell, yeah, tell me more. I mean, tell us more about that. You talked about earlier, you know, screening out and rejecting clients. Is some of that based off of your sense of either how committed they are to lean or, you know, are you trying to screen out companies that may have a one year program and then get tired of it where, you yeah. know, candidates I mean, and people are going to 
lose out? As blatant as, you know, I, I think it's the way to trim our workforce, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, I, and I've had that, you know, several times. I mean, it doesn't come out right away. Sure. But when you really try to go down what we call as, uh, you know, and I, 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 because of our competitors out there, I don't want to get into our whole evaluation instrument. Well, but, sure. you know, it could be as simple as, as um, um, you know, what are they, what's their expectation of, of the lean journey? And, mm-hmm. you know, barring leadership talent of, Aside, we get into profiles and, and cultural fits and, and those types of things later, but it really is. I mean, it's just kind of meeting the minds to, to kind of see, okay, well, and, and I'm not expecting when I go and talk to, uh, you know, a, a COO or a CEO or a VP of operations, I'm not expecting them to be, you know, uh, just a great, um, you know, um, a, a not to be an expert in it. Yeah. yeah, they don't have to be an expert. So, yeah. you know, I, I just kind of look for, you know, okay. But, you know, somehow, somewhere, you've engaged with the idea that this is a solution for your business. Is it a short-term solution? Is it a long-term solution? Then we get into, like, resources. and, and uh, But I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, the, most, the, the best thing that, that ever happens to us when I go visit a client is I just walk the shop floor. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at people. Yeah. And I can tell you, there was a lar- very large um, company that we were evaluating. I mean, they came to us and asked, and they had several needs, but they mm-hmm. had a, you know, a senior executive need to, to, to really kind of put the, the journey together. And, um, you know, I... And I, and I flew there, and I visited with them, and I tell you that the best experience I had was walk. And this is a large building; it was kind of like you know that you can kind of vision the, the Pentagon walking from one end to the other. But mm-hmm. you just walk this building, and just to see the the people heads down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cubicles are yeah. just looks like prison cells, and <laughs> I, you know. And, I, and and then talking to the senior executive leader, I mean, grilled me extensively on what I know and, and all these other mm-hmm. things, and. And really trying to, to get into the expectation roles. And, I mean, never really thought it out. Um, I think this was dictated to this person, and yeah. but this position would report to this person. And I'll tell you what, I just, you know, when I left that building, I looked at, you know, I just said, you know, I don't know of anybody that I would put in that job. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they would be angry with me. Yeah. Because this yeah. is just, it's not going to work. And so I, I think, you know, just beyond the, the dialogue, you know, I mean, we always walk through the operation, we touch, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, we, we talk to the folks on the shop floor, we just get a kind of a sense and a feel, the same as if you were, you know, a, you know, a candidate for a particular job opportunity, and yeah, you, you, you kind of get that, you know, inner sense about, you know, is this a good deal? Yeah, or, you need to go you know, check that out. Or, is there a yeah. hidden agenda here? So I spend probably half of my time looking for that hidden agenda. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, sometimes we, we kind of just think about it. But, I mean, there's – and, again, I mean, I don't – you know, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I mean, there's just a lot of business out there. And I don't want to put mm-hmm. somebody in a position that I don't think – I don't feel strongly about and I couldn't sell. I, so I always use that as a baseline. Can I sell this opportunity to somebody? And are they going to be there three years from now? Because I, yeah. I think when I get into recruiting relationships – you know, if we're not talking, you know, five years from now, I haven't done my job. So I talk about and, focusing and I, on the long term. It sounds like, you know, you, you don't want just that commission or that, you know, that, that fee from that retained search. You, you, you're looking at your reputation and, and people's career paths for the, for the long term, it sounds like. 
Yeah, and again, way back to the early discussion, Mark, I, I think that's the big difference between, let's say, a retain and a contingent. I mean, the contingent are basically out there trying to close deals. I mean, yeah. they're going to put more bodies in, in slots as much as they can, you know, to, 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 to you know, get that cash register going. But, but yeah. I mean, I, we've got, you know, six people in our firm. They're all busy. Um, and my goal is that they'll always be busy. Mm-hmm. And there, again, is just enough opportunity out there. So I guess when I call a candidate, um, and maybe they weren't ready to make a move two years ago, mm-hmm. but when I call them and I keep calling them with opportunities that are pretty valid and are pretty decent and mm-hmm. aren't mainstream and are like, okay, you know, Jim kind of knows what he's talking about, you know, they're going to listen. Yeah. And, you know, so, and then maybe, and I had this happen time and time again, and, you know, when I call somebody two years later, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd like to look at that. Hmm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. things are still good, and things are still strong, but, you know, what I've always counseled people is to, you know, look at things in a two-year window, I mean, in your current company and, and externally. Yeah. And, and But that's, that's going to force yourself to keep abreast of what's going on if you're going to look inside and look outside, and I don't think anybody is ever going to, um, to disregard anybody that you know doesn't have at least an ear open for for a new opportunity because yeah. it could reinforce the fact and that goes into the retention issue, you know, kind of going out there once in a while maybe reinforces the fact <laughs> that you got it pretty good. Sure, it's good you to know? remember that sometimes. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Um, well, but you know, compensation I think is another you know issue um, why people leave. And and I we could probably spend hours on this topic, and I've got horror stories and I've got good stories, but you know I, I always look at it like you know if I've got somebody you know at your doorstep that's going to have a potential save you at least I mean at least three million a year, and and, and you're going to put them in the same pay grade as somebody that's creating waste. <laughs> does that really make sense? Sure. You know. So. Um, go well, ahead. Okay. Well, hopefully we can talk about that and some other topics. Um, Again, in future podcasts, and I'm, I'm expecting, you know, hopefully listeners to the to the podcast will have some questions, and if they send those into me, maybe we can incorporate some of their questions into uh, a future discussion. But there, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about today because um, there's been a lot of debate about this on the blog, and a couple of people wanted me to ask you your thoughts on this. Um, there's been a lot of debate about the new um, the Shingo Lean or the the Lean certification that's sponsored by the Shingo Prize, um, SME, AME. Um, you know, what the value of that, how, how are employers going to view that, um, you know, a candidate with certification or, or without? What, what kind of feedback are you hearing or what are your perspectives on certification in general, maybe? Sure. Honestly, Mark, in, in 10 years of recruiting business transformation uh, leaders, I've, I have never heard a client mention lean certification as, as, as a requirement or qualification. Mm-hmm. When we work, and we work with yeah. some many companies that are actually regarded as having benchmark lean operating systems as well. I mean, I work with all, a variety of different companies, but we work with some of the, the, the mature operating systems as well. But that, that topic's never come up. And I've talked to both HR folks, and I've talked to both, uh, you know, and actually our, you know, the hiring, you know, uh, manager is really our, our, our primary resource. But, you know, I've, I've never had that come up in 10 years. Yeah, so, it know, makes maybe, me... maybe something new. Well, I mean, it makes me wonder where the demand or the perceived demand for that comes from, or if it's just somebody sees an opportunity. Well, we have all the Six Sigma certifications. We need to create one for Lean. Or, you know, somebody made a comment on the blog. Um, 
which is kind of di- diabolical thinking that if you could use this as a filter, if a company is asking for the lean certification, maybe you know to stay away from them, that they may just be thinking, you know, Six Sigma, or they may not really understand, you know, that there's a lot to be gained through lean experience. And like you said, who you've learned from, as opposed to, you know, can you, uh, can you pass the, uh, the rigmarole of a certification protocol? Yeah, I would say, you know, on my, um, window of experience and let's say yesterday's and then today's talent market, you know, really is, is honestly looking at it. I, I kind of think that the um, immediate primary value recipients of uh, lean certification programs are, are, are primarily the associations that are sponsoring mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I think if you're starting out, certification might be a, a, a very valid option, you know, but then there are, you know, many exceptional seminars. I've attended my, myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. conferences that can also help you accelerate your knowledge, but not to mention that the, the networking opportunities that conferences and even the seminars that I've mm, attended mm-hmm. have just been phenomenal. Um, but, you know, I, I, I look at it like, you know, lessons without lessons learned, you know, are, are lessons <laughs> are just lessons. And I, I, yeah. I, you know, if I was to look at it like, you know, just an analogy, you know, if you take a look at, let's say, and I've explained this to people before, um, regards to different ideas, but I always use the, um, you know, the, you know, creating great music, you know, that, that's great music's not made really by a performer. <clears throat> well, it's made by a performer and it's also the, but it's also the performance delivery. You know, you look at a, a performer who knows how to read the notes correctly, deliver them in the right pitch at the right mm-hmm. time. You know, but but the the key there is is really the the captivating passion. You know, passion to me and to, mm-hmm. to the clients and what I sell is really where the skill and the art intersects. Um, you know, it's it's the passion, not the skill, that's contagious. I mean, a person could have the theoretical knowledge and 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 just be uh, an awesome um, knowledge resource for standardized work, but unless mm-hmm. you get up in front of the class, and I just had <laughs> yeah. this situation with a client. Um, probably two weeks ago, and that's you know, it just it's not it's not flowing, yeah. and it's just that there's no connection. But you know, passion's the one that captures the hearts and minds of the audience and, and gets them to kind of move their heads, mm-hmm. you know, smile. You know, sometimes and lean, bring a tear. I guess you no, know, <laughs> but you know, and in music, you know, passions would get people to throw their underwear on the stage. <laughs> you know, in our world, you know, exceptional lean performers are really the the artists that make it look elegantly simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about it's all about creating that simplicity. But you know, there's a lot of work behind that that <laughs> yeah. you know you don't want people to see. But you know, the creating simplicity out of chaos to me is really the true magic of lean. Mm. You know, Good. so I mean, how do you certify that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so, it's hard to capture you know, that. Yeah. But I think again, I mean, if there's a structured approach and it's a it's a knowledge, I'm pro knowledge. I mean, I sure. go wherever you can and certainly go if the company's paying for it. But, you know, I don't know if, if in fact, if you were going to enter that with the, the mindset, I'm going to get certified, therefore, my market position, and I'll be more marketable. In our world, and in mine, it may be different than somebody else's, but in our world, yeah. that's not going to be your leverage. Mm. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see how that develops over time, I think. so. Well, Jim, I really want to thank you for uh, being generous with your time and, and talking about so many different topics in the in the realm of uh, the lean talent market and lean recruiting. It's really been great having you here. I've appreciated the opportunity. It's uh, I've lived it for, for a long time. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. I, I, you know, I am excited every day when I, uh, when I, when I'm looking or I'm uh, 
trying to, to, to close another deal because it's, uh, it's just grown, you know, from what was to what is now. It's just, it's, it's just a phenomenal, um, you know, a talent journey, so to speak, as yeah. opposed to the lean journey, but it's just, uh, it's great. So appreciate well, great. the opportunity for, for having me, uh, you know, say the things that I said and, uh, <laughs> okay. hopefully that helps some, somebody out there. All right. Well, I'm sure it will. Thanks again. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.